Hi, my name is Andy Chamberlain. I'm a writer and creative writing tutor, and you are listening to the Creative Writers Toolbelt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply straight away to your own writing. And welcome to the Creative Writers Toolbelt. I want to start with a bit of news. I've just published a new ebook. The Creative Writer's Toolbelt Highlights. Now, this ebook is based on material from the podcast and contains some of the best insights and advice that I've received covering areas like planning your story, characters and characterization, setting and world building, and research. Now, the Highlights ebook will also give you a taste of what is to come when I publish the Creative Writer's Toolbelt Handbook, which will be the definitive guide to all of the very best insight and advice that I've had in the first 100 episodes of the podcast, covering the topics I've mentioned, plus a number of others, including genre and theme and the writer's life. And the handbook will be out in the autumn of this year, 2017, but you can get the Highlights ebook right now. And to get a copy, all you have to do is go to andrewjchamberlain.com, go to the contacts page and subscribe to my website. And when you do that, I'll send you the highlights ebook. So let's get into the content of this episode. And today we're going to start a short series looking at the subjects of genre and theme. And in this episode, we're going to focus on genre and the relationship between different genres and their associated tropes and how you can be the boss of both the genre you're working in and the tropes that are associated with it. So let's start with some definitions. Genre is usually defined by the dictionary as a category of a particular art form. So if the art form you're working in is writing, then genre is the category of that writing. And by some definitions, there are just four genres in writing, and these are poetry, fiction, non-fiction, and drama. And for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to focus on just fiction and non-fiction. Once you have these broad categories, you can then apply the word genre slightly confusingly to some subcategories beneath them. So let's take non-fiction first of all. Beneath that, you have biography, memoir, history, diaries, self-help books, educational texts, essays, and a whole lot more. If we look at fiction, that can split into areas like historical novels, speculative fiction, romance, satire, murder mystery, comedy, and the Western. Now, from these categories, yet more genres splinter out. I mentioned in that last list speculative fiction, and this, in fact, splits into fantasy, horror, and science fiction. And these, along with other categories of fiction I've mentioned, split again into subgenres. So, for example, if we go from speculative fiction to fantasy, beneath fantasy, you've got things like epic fantasy, high fantasy, military fantasy, urban fantasy, and sword and sorcery fantasy. And there are many more. Now, all of this can seem a bit overwhelming, and that's part of the problem with genre. And we'll look at the problems that genre presents us with when we also look at the solutions and the benefits that we can gain if we think about genre in the right way. And it is worth taking the trouble of thinking through genre in connection with your own work, because as soon as you start to sell your work by pitching it to a commercial publisher or self-publishing it, somebody will want to know what category your work falls into. Now, we're looking at genre and tropes in this episode. So before we explore genre any further, let's have a look at this other word, tropes. Now, a trope in the context of writing, and especially genre writing, is a literary device, an aspect of story that comes to be associated with a particular genre. Now, these tropes might manifest as familiar plot devices, as familiar characters or even caricatures, perhaps even familiar settings. And the best way to define tropes, I think, is to give you some examples. So if you think about the romance genre, you might find a story that involves forbidden 
or disapproved of love. And related to that, you might find a story in which the love involved has to cross cultural, social and ethnic boundaries. Now, both of these tropes feature in one of the greatest romance stories of all time, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. In suspense and murder mysteries, we might see the trope of the killer's fascination with the victim or victims. We might note that the killer is, in most respects, a mild-mannered, calm, even considerate person. In classic fantasy, we might be used to the character trope of the kindly wizard, the burly and gruff dwarf. And there can even be tropes in setting, the haunting pastoral beauty of the elven woodland home. Or, in urban fantasy, the clustered, frantic busyness of a large city. In science fiction as well, we're used to the familiar device of humanity exploring the stars, meeting, confronting and overcoming the alien. Now, all of these tropes help to give the reader a reassuring sense of being in a particular genre. They help the writer to fulfil a contract with the reader or indeed the viewer. And as consumers of entertainment, of TV and film and literature, at some level, we know what we want. We like the familiarity of the genres that we enjoy. And we also like the familiarity of these well-known and well-loved tropes. But there's a problem. In fact, there are problems that come with both genres and their associated tropes. And some of these problems can be serious enough to turn the reader off so that we might actually lose them. And for that reason, we need to face these problems and turn them to our advantage. Now, fortunately, there are solutions and practical strategies that we can apply to make sure that we use genre and trope to our advantage rather than becoming its victim. So let's look at some of those difficulties and let's start with genre. Well, the first challenge with genre is those situations where you think that your work doesn't actually fit into any of the genres on offer. And there certainly are a number of authors who find it difficult to place their work conveniently into one particular category. Now, this can be because their work tends to be more descriptive, more reflective. Perhaps it's much more focused on character and setting. Perhaps what they're writing is a fable. Now, these stories might have something in common with the great description-filled novels of the Victorian era. And the reason why work like this doesn't fit so easily into these categories is because genre and subgenre tend to be very plot-driven. If your work is much more setting or character orientated, then you might have more of a problem with placing it easily into one of these genres. Now, there's nothing wrong with writing work like this. It's your work and you can write it how you like, but you might have a tough time getting a publishing house to take it. They tend not to take purely descriptive work unless it's something very literary and of exceptional quality. And readers are more likely to struggle with your work and struggle with the whole concept of even being interested in your work if they can't categorise it in the first place. Now, if you don't think that you can find an easy category for your work and it doesn't fit easily into the literary description, then try stripping down the plot to its bare elements. Use the six-stage story process that I've described in previous podcasts to identify the key stages of your story. What do these essential elements tell you about your story? Look at the fundamental goals and motives and passions of your characters, especially your protagonist. What are they really trying to achieve? What do these things say about the genre of your story? Stripping back your story to the essence of what it is about will help you to define its genre or at least the genre that's nearest to it. The second issue that I want to discuss in relation to genre is not that you can't find the genre for your work, but that actually you can find two or more even. Often these works can seem as if they don't exist in either one genre or the other. And this can seem quite frustrating for the writer, but I'd argue that it's actually okay and a positively good thing to be in this place with your work. 
There are some great stories that combine genres like romance and sci-fi, fantasy and murder mystery. Your story can combine a range of genres, and I think that's fine. My short story, Traveller's Blues, combines elements of science fiction and murder mystery. Now, you might find that your story combines an established bookshop genre, like science fiction, like fantasy, maybe like murder mystery, with something that's a bit more difficult to define, something that just has an emotional resonance with you and the readers. So let me give you some examples of what I mean by this. There might be a deep sense of wonder in your work, or perhaps an adventure of some kind, or an issue that's being explored, or maybe a relationship that's the focus of the story. Now, these slightly more intangible genres can be combined with more bookstore-specific type genres like fantasy and romance and murder mystery. And identifying this in your story will help you to categorise your work. And I'm borrowing the concept of these slightly more intangible, more emotional and personal genres from the Writing Excuses podcast and particularly season 11. And you can go to that podcast. It's at writingexcuses.com if you want to find out more about the concepts that they're describing there. Finding that you have two genres at work in your story is not a bad thing. You can break your story down and determine how these genres work together. Now, one word of caution comes from the writer Adrian Tchaikovsky, who tells us that where our work involves more than one genre, we have to be proficient in both of or all of the genres that we're using to make the story work. A weakness in our understanding of one genre may translate into a weakness in the whole story. The third challenge of genre is that you might find this whole concept of genre rather frustrating and restrictive. You don't want to be limited by genre. Alas, that happens to an awful lot of us as writers, but don't despair. There are two positive things that I can say to you in relation to this seeming restrictiveness of genre. First of all, I'd encourage you not to think of genre as a restrictive thing. Rather think of it as a helpful discipline, a framework for your story. Train your imagination to work within the parameters of the genre that you're writing in. You won't be any of the less a writer for it. Rather, you'll grow as a writer through the discipline of working in that genre. Now, the second positive thing is that whilst genre may be restrictive, the tropes within your genre aren't quite so restrictive and can be fertile ground for your imagination. You have much more of an opportunity to express yourself and your imaginative power by breaking out of the restrictions of those tropes, by subverting them, by playing with them, by bending them. And so let's look at tropes and think about the problems and opportunities associated with them. Now, the good thing about the tropes that grow up around a genre is that they give the reader what they want. They help you to fulfill, as the writer, that writer-reader contract. The bad news is they can quickly become cliches, tired devices and motifs that can bore readers because they've just seen them once too often. So how can you keep some of those tropes and the benefits of using them, but keep the story fresh and exciting? And the answer is that you take that trope and you twist it and you subvert it. You bring some original application to it. Let me give you some examples. The trope of the kindly wizard from fantasy that I mentioned earlier can be subverted into something more ambiguous. The old wizard doesn't have to be a good guy. He could be a bit bit more sinister. He could be rather ambiguous. Now, we see this in the form of the character Baez in Joe Abercrombie's The First Law of Kings. Anybody who wants to confuse Gandalf with Baez is going to be in for a bit of a shock. Maybe you could give your high fantasy novel a bit of a twist by having the dwarves live in the magical glade in the forest and the elves emerging blinking from the roots of the mountain. In the crime thriller genre, you will see that it started out 
not exclusively, but a lot of the time with well-to-do gentlemen and lady detectives, Miss Marple, Sherlock Holmes, Father Brown. Now they gradually made way for more conflicted and broken people like Kurt Wallinder, John Rebus, and John Connolly's Charlie Parker. And in fact, John Connolly's work is a good example of how two genres can work together because you've got detective fiction and horror both working there. If we look at science fiction, we have this trope of humans confronting and overcoming evil aliens. Now that trope has been subverted again and again in films like E.T. and in books like Adrian Tchaikovsky's award-winning Children of Time. And there's also plenty of opportunity to subvert the tropes of race and gender and sexuality in all genres. The days of the handsome white alpha male commanding the spaceship are long gone. Your characters, your protagonists, your leaders and your followers can be complex and their identity can be subverted to make the story fresh and interesting and exciting. So the way to energise familiar tropes and ideas in a genre is not to dump them, but rather to reinvent them, to say something new with them, to subvert them. And here you can let your imagination run wild. So let's sum all this up. Today I've been looking at genre and trope. We defined a genre as a category of writing and a trope as a literary device or an idea that is connected to a genre. We looked at how genre tends to be plot led and so those struggling with genre might be writing a more descriptive, character focused or setting focused book. We looked at how to explore the true genre of our work, focusing on the bare elements of the story and the primary goal of the protagonist. And we also looked at how a story can have more than one genre, although to do so may require mastery in both of those genres. We looked at how we can make sure that the tropes that we use within the genres that we're working with can be reinvented, twisted, subverted, reimagined in a new way that keeps the reader interested. So I'd encourage you not to reject the idea of genre, not to reject the concept of the tropes within a genre, but to use these existing categories and these existing concepts and to harness them to make your own work fresh and vivid and exciting. So that's it for this episode today. I've referred to the podcast Writing Excuses, which you can find at writingexcuses.com. And remember, if you want a free copy of the Creative Writers Toolbelt Highlights ebook, just go to my website, andrewjchamberlain.com and sign up there. I hope this episode has been helpful to you. As ever, thank you for listening and goodbye. (music) 